We're in the middle of a series, obviously designed for this Easter season and going on into Anzac Day, which is really significant in Australia. And we've entitled it, We Will Remember. And this morning, the title is, We Will Remember, He is Risen. And the title is kind of like a coat hanger. It's just stuff you hang things off so you can have a reference point. Our theme for the year from the book of Joel, chapter 2 and verse 25, is the declaration over each one of our lives where God says, I will restore you. I will restore you. And in every sense, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and its flow on implications is God's ultimate act of restoration. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, referencing the resurrection and our ultimate resurrection because Christ is risen, he says, for this perishable, this perishable body must put on imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. I'm not rushing to that point, but I'm thankful for it, that there's going to come a day that this perishable, this mortal body will put on immortality and a body that is imperishable because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you read the gospel accounts, you read that the disciples came to the tomb of Jesus that come out of hiding, out of a kind of lockdown. They were perplexed and it says they were afraid. And two angels met them. I'm reading from Luke's account, Luke 24. And he said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he is risen. Remember how he told you. And I want to remind you, the message title is, we will remember he is risen. And here these angels say to them, remember what he told you. While he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered up into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and the third day rise. And they remembered his words. They are told, remember what he told you, and they remembered his words. Paul, in prison, awaiting execution, writes to a young pastor called Timothy, a son in the faith who's struggling with different things and he gives him pastoral advice. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8 through 10, he says this to Timothy, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound in chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure. He says to him, Timothy, in all that you're going through, in all the challenges you face, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. He says, because that will help you get through anything and everything. As I said, the disciples were perplexed and, and frightened. The apostle Paul is suffering and bound in chains. 
and the antidote, as it were, the thing to hang on to is to remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And he's not talking about total forgetfulness here. Remembering does not necessarily imply that you've totally forgotten something. It's just that it's gone to the back of your mind. It's not in the forefront of your thinking. And what he's saying, Timothy, pay greater attention to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bear it in mind. Keep your mind on Jesus Christ risen. Think about Jesus Christ risen from dead. No matter what you're facing, now what's, no matter what's happening in your day, in your circumstance, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Remember it. Remember it. And that is the offspring of David. I'll come to that in a moment. It is this Jesus risen from the dead, the offspring of David, upon whom our memory should focus in the midst of problems, difficulties, pressure, crisis. And as I've identified, Paul talks about two ways in which we should specifically remember Jesus. The first is risen from the dead. And I'm actually going to come to that second, just in terms of the flow of what I have to share with you. But he says, also remember, not just that he's risen from the dead, but that he's the offspring of David. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David. Well, what's that got to do with it? Well, there's a whole lot of things, but I think one of the most important things that is reminding us that Jesus is the God-man, both Son of God and a title that Jesus himself loved, Son of Man, perfect in his divinity, as the risen, glorified, ascended Lord, but also perfect in his humanity as the offspring of David. You see, what he's saying, Timothy, remember, Jesus walked amongst us. He lived an earthly life, a human life. He understands the struggle. He understands the pressure. He understands pain. He understands rejection. He understands betrayal. He understands the joy of friendship of people sitting around a campfire, as it were, or at a meal in somebody's home, sharing fellowship. He understands your humanity, Timothy. And I'd say to you this morning, he understands your humanity. He understands your journey. He understands the pressure you're under, the joys, the fears, the longings, the aspirations, the defeat, and maybe even the struggle with sin. Because he too, the Bible says, struggled with it, but he did not sin. Different to us. And that he still loves us and intends to bring us home to heaven, no matter what's going on in your circumstance. I love this passage and just remind you of it, Hebrews 4 verse 15 and following. Speaking of Jesus, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize, have compassion with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Tempted in every respect, just as we are, struggles just as we do, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. 
The fact that he is son of David is an invitation to run to the throne of grace this morning. But it says, the other thing I want you to remember, that it's Jesus Christ risen from the dead. And Jesus' resurrection is as relevant today as it was in the first century. Our present and our eternal life depends on his resurrection. The resurrection is an historical and living reality that it can empower your life today and give meaning and purpose to everything you do. Let me put it this way. Christ's resurrection is an event in the past to be remembered, as we do specifically today, but Paul's urging is do it every day. But it's a reality to be lived in in the present and a hope to be reached for for our future. I want to touch on five things. Each of them could be a message, a series in and of itself. But relax, we'll get there. The significance of Christ's resurrection to you and I personally. Firstly, the resurrection proves his deity. Jesus is the Son of God. I love these words of Paul writing to the church at Rome in Romans 1 verse 3 to 4. And he says, he was shown to be. One translation says he was declared to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's The resurrection is the total authentication of the life, the words, the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is God's stamp of approval. This is my beloved Son. He's risen. Secondly, Christ's resurrection validates forgiveness of our sins. You see, if he wasn't risen, if he had just died, it would have been another tragedy, another brutal Roman execution. But the fact that he's risen means that the blood that was shed was offered before the throne of grace and accepted. The payment for the forgiveness of your sin and mine and the sin of the world was accepted by God the Father. Paul says in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, he was delivered over to death for our sins. He's reminding us he didn't die for his sins. He was without sin. He took on himself the sin of the whole world. And he was delivered over for our sins and raised to life for our justification. You may not be familiar with that word justification, but it simply means that we are made right with God because Jesus paid the price for our sin to be forgiven. Had Jesus remained in the grave, it would have meant that he died for his own sins and not for ours. Paul puts it this way so bluntly and directly in the great resurrection chapter. I'd encourage you, maybe as a bit of homework, Today, read 1 Corinthians 15 out loud. It's filled with such powerful declarations about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul says this 
in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. If Christ is not being raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. But the glorious thing is because He's risen, the minute you say yes to Jesus, you are no longer in your sins defined by your sins. You are now in Christ with a new identity, with new promises, with new hope and an eternal destiny secured. You're not in your sins. You may still sin, but you're not in your sins. You are in Christ. Sorry for getting a little bit excited. The third thing, and I love this, is Christ's resurrection provides inexhaustible opportunities for us. It opens the door to possibility. When the stone rolled away, when death was conquered, it said God can do anything. And God can do anything in your life and for you. Paul says in Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now to him, who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. And the thing is, he's defined that power earlier on in the book of Ephesians. Catch the promise again. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power, the power that is at work within you. If you're anything like me, there's oftentimes I feel quite powerless, quite desperate. But whether I feel it or not, there's a power at work in me. Whether you feel it or not, there's a power at work in you. The minute you said yes to Jesus, be my Lord and Savior, the resurrection power of Christ began to work in you. And in chapter one of Ephesians, Paul identifies that power. He says, the immeasurable greatness. What a word. The immeasurable. You cannot contain it. You cannot measure it. Whatever you, whenever you try to define it, it bursts out somewhere. It breaks out. It can't be restricted. It can't be defined. It can't be measured. The immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe. According to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named. There's power working in you. The minute you believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is your Savior, there's power working in you. It's immeasurable power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's resurrection power. The fourth thing, and I love this, the resurrection allows us to experience the personal presence of Jesus Christ. The resurrection allows us to experience the personal presence of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, he says, Behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. 
If he was still in the grave, that could not be a reality. The resurrection allows Jesus to be present with you. Whether you sense him, feel him, recognize him, acknowledge him. If you have trust in him, his presence is there. And perhaps more often in the middle of a struggle, and I'm preaching to myself here, I'm letting you listen. We should say, Lord, open my eyes to your presence in this situation. See, there's that incredible promise that will two or three are gathered in the name of Jesus. He is present. But what I love is the personal encounter. And it's highlighted in the gospel accounts, that personal encounter with Mary, broken and weeping, disbelieving, she came to minister to a body and she found a resurrected Savior. And there's that incredible encounter recorded by John and it's almost amusing, but it's so, so powerful. When she thinks through the tears that he's the gardener and she says, where have you taken him? And he pauses just for a moment and then he calls her name, Mary. And instantly she's transformed. She knows the voice. Mary heard her name spoken by an eternal tongue. And because he's risen, you can hear Jesus call you. And it's an eternal tongue that calls you. And in that moment, you are known, you are loved altogether. You can experience the presence of Jesus because he's risen. And finally, the resurrection frees us of death. We actually share in Christ's indestructible life. Yeah, we will face death unless he comes and we are caught up in the air. I'd prefer that. <laughs> but death is not the enemy it was. It's a doorway into his presence. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will never die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. He's speaking about the power of his eternal resurrection, bringing you from time into eternity. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Paul says, therefore, I endure. I remember Jesus, the offspring of David. His humanity draws me to him, allows me to run to the throne of grace. But I remember he is risen because there's power, there's presence, there's transformation. There's a future beyond this life because he is risen. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David. Paul says, even though I'm in prison, even though I'm struggling, therefore I endure. Don't underestimate the power of memory. 
In the most profound sense, we are what we remember. Memory is the lens through which we view our world and it shapes us. We relate to the present through our memories of the past and it shapes our present attitudes and actions. And that's why Paul says, bring to the front of your mind, remember Jesus. Offspring of David, run through the throne of grace. Remember Jesus, risen from the dead. There's power available to you. Perhaps you've never ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. There's an opportunity. What a moment, what a day to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Any day is good, but Easter Sunday, what a day. Perhaps you've drifted from God and you find yourself either in this auditorium, watching online, or watching in a few days, weeks later, and you sense the presence of God. Jesus is risen. He's present with you right now, inviting you to come to Him. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. It's a simple act of faith, using your mouth, using your tongue to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 